All right, so today, in the minutes that are before us, I want us to quickly go into, we have continuing with the faith series. As I told you, the word was laid upon my heart, and I will simply obey. I will continue reminding you about your faith, your faith, until you wonder what is it with Paul. He's continually hammering down the issue of faith, issue of faith. It's because, just as Jude tells us, that, you know, contend for the faith that was once for all delivered unto the saints. It was once delivered, and it remains a, a wonderful provision for you and for me, as he says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And today, I want us to move into another aspect of looking unto Jesus. We have been looking at the aspect of why are we looking unto Jesus. And we have declared over and over of the various aspects as to why we are looking unto him. You can listen unto those particular sermons uh, later on in your time. But today, I want us to look on what he says in John chapter 11 from verse 17 up to verse 27. He, these are the words that he is speaking across unto Martha. And I'll just read that particular scripture quickly. He says from verse chapter 11 of, uh, of John and uh, verse, 20, verse 17 to 27. You know the story of Lazarus. So I'm only reading a portion of it because I believe all of us are aware of that particular story. So from verse 17 he says, So when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Mary, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, which is the main crust of, of what we share today. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. If we go to the beginning, remember once again I remind us, when Adam fell from grace, the scripture tells us he died because that's what God told him, that the moment you eat of that particular tree, you will die. So in God's eyes, or from the spiritual standpoint, mankind died. That particular moment, Adam and Eve ate of that particular fruit. It is interesting if you look at it. Adam may not, he may have wondered, what does God mean when he says that I will die when I eat of this particular fruit? Realize he had never experienced death. Adam had never experienced death at that particular. He had never experienced, he had not experienced death. That is one thing. 
he has not seen anybody die. So he has not seen death at work as such. And another thing is that even after the fall of the earth after the tree, he must have continued to wonder what is it to die <laughs> because he could still feel himself. He could see, see everything functioning as it had always functioned in the garden. So I'm sure it must have been going through his mind wondering what did God mean when he said that I will die or we shall, you know, we shall die. Because essentially if you look at how things are, it will appear that maybe the physical realm was supposed to continue to mirror the spiritual realm. The physical realm was to continue forever. It was not to come to an end. Because God does not make something that dies. He was making something in his that was like himself. As he said, he made man in his own image. But the other thing that we can remember, and we know very well, that we know that man was made in God's image. And the scripture tells us God is love. So it means man was a physical manifestation of mankind, man and woman alike. They were a physical manifestation of what love is. They were what you could experience in the, you know, the environment in Eden, in the Garden of Eden, was the environment that was, you know, it was as if love was tangible. You could experience and sense love in the air. Love in everything, in every expression that was going around. And so, as man imaged God, or as man and woman, as they imaged God, because they were a reflection, a reflection of God, every plant, every animal, every insect experienced God in that particular, in that garden at that particular time. At least that's what we can, we can deduce from what the scripture puts across. And so it automatically means when man died, when God said you will die, so when man died, he ceased to image God. The image of God was no longer reflecting through this particular being that was there. That means love was no longer being imaged again. It could not be sensed again in that particular garden. Light, God is light. Light could not be experienced in that particular garden uh, from the moment man died. In essence, what it means, darkness descended upon the universe. The moment man fell, man and women, the way that is how grievous our sin or the aspect of our turning away from God, that's what it cost. Darkness and death, death and darkness are synonymous. So darkness or death fell or descended upon the universe. And you know what happens in darkness? Confusion and disorder ensured as a result of that darkness coming across upon the universe or coming upon the Garden of Eden. Nothing was normal anymore. And you will agree with me that nothing has been normal ever since. From the moment man and woman fell, death, the Bible says, reigned from Adam all throughout until when we come across to the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything was counted dead in the eyes of God. The universe basically entered into the spiral of death because of this one individual who was the center. Basically, I call him, he was the center of the universe as a whole. Because in the whole of universe, the physical universe, 
Only this one thing had God said, you will image me. Let us make man and woman in our own image. And similarly, you realize when objects cease to fulfill their purpose, they become useless. Essentially, they enter into that drive of extinction. They, 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 are mean, they become meaningless. And history itself paints for us what, you know, the picture of mankind and in the mankind's decline. When you look at history, we can see what continues to happen to man, even our ages, our years, years of existence continue to, de to diminish as time has gone by. You know, we have continued to live less and less and lesser years as the time, as time has gone by. Now, Jesus comes in this particular scripture at the time of uh, John. And remember, we are still sharing on looking unto Jesus. Why are we looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? We have said this is the victory that overcomes the world. You will never overcome the world any other way unless you have this particular victory that God has given unto us. And the Bible says it is our faith. And it is not a faith that you bring up yourself or myself. We are made to understand it is a faith that has been given unto us by God. Now Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. That is, resurrection is as we know it is rising from the dead. That is in, in Christian terms. We can call it rising from the dead. Bringing back to life. Bringing back into restoration or restoring, reviving, renewing or reinstalling something that had mainly been corrupted or completely destroyed. Then Jesus declares, I am the resurrection and the life. And in line with what we have been sharing, it basically means that looking unto Jesus, continuing to look unto Jesus, trusting in Jesus, well, that is basically what it is, looking unto him, yielding ourselves unto the Lord Jesus Christ, or committing our all, our lives and what concerns us, unto him, obeying the Lord Jesus and letting Jesus influence us as we look unto him so that our lives are ordered by him he indicates that i am the resurrection what it means is that resurrection starts to take effect in us as we gaze upon him as we look on him as we contemplate him something starts to happen in us which you may not even understand yourself but resurrection starts to take again in effect in us as you confess him as Lord, it, it, it affects the beginning. What is like, you know, if you become a child in the kingdom and the more you continue to look, more and more continue to happen in you. You continue to grow the muscle in the spiritual arena. Your bones become stronger in the spiritual arena. Your mindset becomes stronger in the spiritual arena. You align up with the purposes and the will of God for your life and for the sake of the others who are all around you because God has made us to be of use for others, not all just for ourselves. It is not just for our own individuals. And so, briefly, maybe we might not share all of them, but there are three things that I would like us to share about I am the resurrection and the life, as Jesus declares. And the first aspect I want us to share is the fact that when Jesus says, I am the resurrection, 
it goes back again into John chapter, John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 12. These are scriptures that we know and you can read them for yourself in your time. But there are a few aspects that I'll pick up in that particular area in this particular area as well. What he talks about, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And as we know and we believe, that word is Jesus Christ. He says that this word, he says the word, he says, I am the resurrection. So basically, he says that in this particular, he in him was life, and the life was the light of man. So essentially, what it, as it puts forth, if we can deduce from what he's saying there, he says, I am the light that gives every light, that gives light to every man that is coming into life. Because he says, I am the resurrection and the light. And here John tells us, if you look in verse 4, he says, he is the life that gives light to every man that comes into the world. Essentially, as a result of the darkness that came upon mankind, there is a light that is required. And Jesus, somehow, mysteriously, we can't be able to understand, he, pl he places that light in every person or every man or woman. By, and by that light that he places in you and me, we are able to look unto him or to believe in him if we want. Every human, because he says, he places that light in every man or woman who comes into the world. And by that light, we are able to look unto him if we choose to. You know, the one who looks and believes in the Lord Jesus is raised back to life. Just as you believed and you became born again. Now, there are aspects in, your, in our lives that as we continue in the Lord Jesus, they continue to be revived and to be brought back to life. And that is the essence of it. As we continue to look to him, we are raised back to life. Be it in our mind. Be it in the type of decisions or things that we make in life. He or she becomes a child of God, as the scripture tells us in verse 12. That, you know, he says that, you know, as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the children of life. Thus, the death of Adam, we realize once again, it is reversed. He brings a resurrection. He resurrects us, and because he is life, he starts to revive us. And the true life of God starts to be made manifest in our lives. You know, that is his righteousness and his peace and his joy starts to be made manifest in us. Why? Because he is the resurrection and the life. He resurrects us. He makes us anew all over, all over again. That is, in him, as the word of God says, in him was life, and that life was the light of men and women. Now you realize something. Many are blind to their good. And even some of us here, or some of us who are here listening, we may be blind to our good. Some people are blind to the opportunities that are given unto them or that God gives unto them. Some people are blind to the blessings that God avails unto them. Even sometimes you find we mistake friends for enemies and enemies for friends. Simply because of the aspect of our being in the spiral of death. We fail to see things from the right light that God desires us to see. But as we look unto him, 
He stirs up a faith in you and in me that enables us to start see the good that God has availed for us. He effects that resurrection that starts, enables you to see the opportunities for you, for your family, and for the community as a large as you avail yourself to him. The blessings that are available, he revives that particular grace and energy in you that enables you to be able to reach out for, that, for, the, for those particular things. And thus, you can be able to proclaim like that particular blind mind that I can, you know, I once was blind, but now I can see. And I want you to ask yourself, are there areas in, in your life or in my life, and that's the thing that God is looking at us, which are still lying dormant and dead because we have not been looking long enough at the resurrection so that he may be able to revive that which we, he desires to revive in us. Remember looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto this resurrection. Because this resurrection is the author and the finisher of our faith. In the power of resurrection, he brings faith into your spirit and into my spirit to enable us to stand against the power of the evil one who has the power of death. The devil has the power of death in his hands. But the faith we have in Jesus gives us the power to be able to overcome him who owns the power over death which was the curse that was placed upon mankind from the very beginning. And the question is, are you looking long enough unto the Lord Jesus Christ to allow yourself to receive that particular anointing and that grace and that power to overcome the effects of death? Not just in the physical. Death in the physical is a, is a matter of fact that the physical death may die and go, but the spirit does not die. But there are aspects in our spirits that have remained dead and dormant and they are not active simply because we are not looking long enough at the resurrection because he is the resurrection. That the resurrection power, you know, it sweeps every obstacle out of your way and brings you where he is. You know, one of the things that Jesus desired is he said that they may be where I am. He says, I go to prepare a place so that where I am, there you may be also. And I think three times in the book of John, he repeats the same thing, declaring to the Father, I want that where I am, my servant and my children may be also. And he is the resurrection. So he wants you and I to be living in that particular realm of the resurrected life, of the resurrection power operating and working in us and in our families in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's a second aspect that I want us to look at is the issue of the looking at the Lord, the, res the resurrection. At the resurrection is, you can read it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to 27. I read it quickly. It says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you and in me, 
the hope of glory. That is in verse 27. And that is the other reason of our faith. Of looking, why the scripture is telling you and I, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Why? Because he is our hope of glory. Outside Jesus, we can never find God. Outside Jesus, we can never be able to recognize God. God is invisible. He is unknowable. We cannot, nothing can know him. Nothing can grasp him. But he has put himself in Christ Jesus. He reveals himself, expresses himself through Jesus Christ so that as we look at Jesus, then we are looking at God. Because outside Christ, there is no God. He is in him. And in him, he says, the fullness of the Godhead dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is the one whom the Father has allowed to reveal himself unto us. And he encourages, he says that he is the hope of glory. What is he saying? Look unto Jesus. He resurrects that hope of glory in you and in me. The more you look on him, the more you focus and meditate on him and obey him, allow his word to sink into your spirit, the more the hope of glory arises. The more the power of depression will be broken from over your life. Why? Because you are continually gazing and looking at him who is the hope of glory. Listen, our faith does not, we do not, our faith does not draw its strength from the temporal entertainments or commercial successes of our current generation. That is not where our faith finds its strength and its power. Our faith is not just, you know, about being good or being nice or being fair to one another. That is not the purpose of our faith. Our faith is not just about being happy or being or feeling good about ourselves. Because that is some of the gospels that are being preached in our present time. That is not the purpose of your faith and my faith. The word of God basically indicates to us that we are in this calling of faith for the long haul. It is not a short fix that is just going to turn a fix like this. We will go through the valleys and through the hills, through the fires, through the storms. But our faith is about being the full manifestation of the life of Christ in our walk, in our talk, in our thoughts, and in our dispositions. That is what our faith is all about. To manifest the life of Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. We are not the center when it comes to the faith that God has given unto us. And the sad thing in our generation is, we have so much come into the center. That is as if God is only looking out for us. That we are the most important thing in the universe. No, he is the most important person in the universe. And our faith is to be unto him, to reflect him in every aspect and in every way of our life. So let it be a challenge to me and to yourself as we ask ourselves, am I really stirring up the hope of glory in me so that he may be glorified? Or is it I am trying to glorify myself? In the, in, the, in, the, in the pseudo thinking that I am very important. I like John Wayne says, I must decrease and he must increase. 
Praise God. And that's what the Lord is looking for in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Realize that death is one thing that has a finality about it. You know, it stops or silences every human achievement. Regardless of whatever we have achieved, death has a finality about it that snuffs whatever it is that we have achieved. And the one strange thing is, it has eluded even all the great minds as to why we grow old and why we die. They have never come up with a solution as to why actually we grow old or why we die. Our cells just start, you know, dipping and going down and, and there it happens. But Jesus, and realize, Jesus is not calling us to have faith in an event that will happen sometimes in the future. You know, it, 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 it's something, okay, we sing and we say, I believe in the resurrection. That is, we, the way that song is put, we sing as if we are singing, it is something that is in the future. We are looking to it in the future. It is an event. Resurrection is looked at as an event. That, you know, Martha, if you can look at verse 24, where we read initially, she says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection. In that event that is coming sometimes in the future. But Jesus tells us something very interesting. He says, resurrection is not an event. It's not something that will happen in the future. He says, resurrection is me. Resurrection is a person. You are to have a relationship with resurrection. You are to have a relationship with this particular person who is the resurrection. And that is the Lord. That is the Lord. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is calling us into that particular, particular experience. So as, 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 as we, we move to, yeah, to finalize, we shall finalize maybe another, another time. If you look in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, Paul says some very interesting words, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and and gave himself for me. You realize that, you know, one of the greatest enemies that we have toward against our lives, because of the fall of man, are our negative thoughts. They are our first and foremost enemies, not even the devil as such. Our negative thoughts are one of our greatest enemies. Another enemy we have is our doubts. They are linked to the fallen nature. Another enemy we have is our fears. Fear. We were talking about it in the men's fellowship yesterday. Fears, fears that we have is another fear, that, another enemy. Our hates and our resentments and our forebodings, all these are enemies that hinder us in one way or another. But none of them can stand in the light of the resurrection light. As we look at the resurrection, our negative thoughts, our doubts, our fears, our hates, our resentments, our forebodings, they disappear. They evaporate as we look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And he says, if you go on in that scripture, he goes on and he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. That is, he says, I yield to the grace of God. You know, to allow the grace of God to bend me, to break me, and to mold me so that I may be recreated in the image 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, as we allow that grace, it is only as we look at the resurrection because resurrection cannot stand death. Death cannot stand resurrection. Wherever he appeared, where there was a dead man, they were raised back to life. Be it the daughter of Jairus, we never recorded he ever attended a funeral. You know, it's strange. In the Gospels, we are never told Jesus ever attended a funeral. Wherever he went, where there was a funeral, they would come back to life. Why? Because I am the resurrection. Death runs away when resurrection approaches you. My brother and my sister, looking unto Jesus, looking unto this resurrection and life, it will change you, it will change me. Let us fix our eyes ever on him. He will make all the difference. Just allow me to look at later on John chapter 1 verse 16. He says, and of his fullness, we have all received grace for grace, of grace upon grace, of his fullness. We have received grace upon grace. What does that mean? We have received blessing upon blessing. We have received favor upon favor. We have received gift, gift upon gift. That is the essence of grace upon grace. The more you look at the resurrection, the person who is called resurrection Jesus, the more you look at him, the more you desire him, the more that is revealed in your life. Gift is heaped upon gift. He is the epitome expression of grace. And that favor and that goodness is packed in this resurrection. And as you look on him and send on him, forget about yourself. Blessing and honor and grace and favor will start being bestowed upon you. Through the storms, you will receive the grace to overcome. Through the fires, you will receive the grace to overcome. Through the difficulties and the trials, you will receive the resurrection power to sail through because you cannot die. Praise the Lord. All for the glory of God in the highest. Remember what he says in Psalms 137 as I close. Psalms 139, verse 17 and 18. He says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. And how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sun. And when I awake, I am still with you. Think of the thoughts he thinks about it. That's why he says, of his grace, have we received grace upon grace. The thoughts and the plans he has for you and for me are beyond imagination. They are like the sand on the seashore. Go there and start counting one grain of sand after the other. That's why the more you look at him, the more you gaze at the resurrection, the more that is revealed what you don't have a clue. The wonder that he has got in store for those ones who are his own is beyond imagination. It is in the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. We shall finish the third, the third one later on. My time is up. I'm sorry about that. Father, we bless you.